Hey friends, welcome to the Johnson City Living Podcast, where we learn about the people, places, events, and flavors that make Johnson City a lovely place to live. It's a beautiful day here in Johnson City, and I'm here with Miss Jenny Brock, our former mayor, still commissioner, and just longtime Johnson City. And how are you doing this morning, Miss Jenny? I am doing great. I'm doing great. And thank you so much for the invitation to uh, chat with you this morning. Well, thank you for accepting. Um, I really appreciate your time. I know it's valuable and I'm looking forward to getting to know you better, letting the audience get to know you better and letting the world get to know you a little bit better because there are lots of people moving in who would love to know more about Johnson City. So tell me a little bit about the Jenny Brock story, who you are, what makes you up and um, and yeah, just tell me a little bit about Jenny. I'll tell you, you said something just a minute ago, a lovely day here in Johnson City. And I'll I'll kind of go to this and then tell you a little bit about uh, where it came from. Um, my, when people ask me why I ran for office and we'll probably address this a little bit more into our conversation. The only thing I could say is because I love Johnson city. I just think it's the greatest place in the world. I've lived all over the world. So we'll address that a little bit more, but I appreciate what you were saying about, uh, you know, it's a lovely place here. Uh, I actually grew up in Johnson city, um, a long time ago. Uh, I'm a graduate from Fairmont elementary school. The very first year it was open. Yellow jackets. Um, that's right. That's right. And um, then graduated from Science Hill. I'm a topper in a mm-hmm. 1967, which uh, many people weren't born at that time. This <laughs> guy um, here wasn't around. Yeah. But, uh, you know, um, loved being a topper and just loved the education I got here in Johnson City. Um, so, um, it, it, but interesting, you know, during the 50s and 60s when I was a, a little girl and, and teenager, There wasn't a whole lot of opportunities for girls, Mm -hmm. you know, here. It was a different era Mm -hmm. and uh, it brings about a lot of thoughts and and uh, and and memories from that time and the the impact that it would have had, like on my life. I've always been a a pretty strong athlete. But when I went to Science Hill, there were no girls sports. You know, we didn't have access to organized sports. So therefore, I didn't have the opportunity to play on a team or be looked at by college and perhaps even um, scholarships and things like that. So what sport I'm so, were, you, were you focused on? I, I've been a golfer all of my life. Somehow at the age of 12, and now this really goes back. At the age of 12, I found myself in a golf clinic at Pine Oaks the first year it was open. Oh, awesome. In the, in, in the early 60s. And basically the driving range was still the cow pasture out there. <laughs> But the minute uh, Leon Caps, uh, he was the pro, the first pro over there, put a golf club in my hand, it just felt so natural. Mm. And so today, as I tell you a little bit more about myself, I teach golf and I work in the first tee program. I've been a head coach in the first tee program for since 2007. That's awesome. So uh, avocationally, um, I still play golf and, you know, pretty decent golfer and, um, and like to pass that on using it as a developmental skill in the first tee um, we teach character development through the game of golf so we have nine core values that we teach to our kids and we started our spring classes just yesterday so awesome is it too late to get in if you're a young it is you right now we, okay. we have a wait list and the you Isn't know the kids are, it is exciting and the kids are just bursting at the seams to get outdoors as we are and so we, of course we do we have uh, you know special controls that that we use but we sure. are outside and we can maintain distance. There's a lot of room on the golf course. And the range has been updated, right? It has, and it's great. It's nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Now, was Jim Hughes balls. out there when you when you first got your golf club back in the 60s? He was probably there. <laughs> <laughs> he wasn't born yet. <laughs> I have to tell you. Sorry, Jimmy. Jim yeah, Hughes. he and I go way back. I've got uh, a, uh, yeah, I've got a, a big um, affinity for golf as well. I um, have a degree in horticulture and landscape oh, design. So, so you're the Meadowview. turf man. Yeah. Me- yes, ma'am. Meadowview was dirt when I showed up there. And yeah. I worked for Roger Frazier at the country club and then started with him at Meadowview and was there for five Well, how years. about that? Isn't That's that cool? great. I, I just passed Cattails yesterday. I was over um, at, at a, uh, the office across the street there and it's, it hasn't greened up yet. You know, no, the no, hasn't greened up yet. it hasn't. But yeah. see, see, Pine Oaks is one of the best courses in the spring. It just looks beautiful. It is fantastic. And that, uh, you know, the weeds kind of green up a lot quicker <laughs> so, so we don't have the Bermuda grass and, and you know in the middle of summer then that's we where have I the problems with it but yeah, yeah. it's uh, a great grandfather club. passed I mean, away and I got four golf clubs from him when he died oh wow I just went around with my little bag and my friends David Paduke and Jonathan Williams and I we'd go out and wow I think it was eight dollars well, to play all day long all day. that's that's great yeah was but just think about the views from oh, the, uh standing on the green on number 15 Standing on the tee box on number 13. Um, One of my favorite <laughs> shots is 11 to the green. You know, when you're on the top of that hill and you're hitting down, it's just gorgeous. Yeah. yeah, so, yeah I don't know who sure designed is. that course, but they did a great job. And I'm super excited that Johnson City is really focusing on it and making it even better. I'll be honest with you, Colin. It was probably designed by Public Works. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Was it also it, a landfill? I know Johnson City Country Club was over top yeah. of the landfill. Um, no. Um, Pine Oaks was not. It was an urban renewal project. Of, gotcha. Actually, some federal money came in. And um, so uh, it went to referendum in the city and I think passed by, I don't know, 60 some votes or something. <laughs> it was it was controversial because it took down some older housing that was in that area. Uh, but it's addition. but it's been the beautiful green green space in mm-hmm. Johnson City that will stay there. It yeah. is. It's it's awesome. And um, yeah, so thank you for supporting that. And um, okay, so you loved golf. You graduated mm-hmm. from uh, Science Hill, mm-hmm. and then where did, what happened then? Where did you go to college, and or did you? What, what's your story? Well, after, after interesting. I I do remember sitting down with my guidance counselor Frank Tanowitz uh, at Science Hill, and he and he said to me, I'll never forget it. He said, you know, the two best options for a girl going to college would be elementary education and business administration. I'm going like, hmm, I don't know if Teacher either one of those really yeah. fits <laughs> right, for right. me. But you know what? At that time, I didn't question it a whole lot. I, I enrolled at ETSU in elementary education and spent two years there. I go like, yeah, I love kids and I work with them today, but that's not vocationally what I really wanted to do. Right. What I wanted to do was to teach. Mm. And so I changed my major. Uh, I married in between there and then uh, transferred to UT. And at that time, I changed my major to physical education and health. Cool. And then went on to get uh, my graduate work in exercise science, worked on my PhD down at UT as well. Nice. Um, and I spent about 10 years then teaching at ETSU and the Department of Exercise Science and Physiology and Kinesiology. And um, oh, boy. yeah. And now we yeah. have one of the best programs in the country for that, right? The Stone. We, d- and- we do. Yeah. We absolutely do. They are world renowned, they are, they are rock stars um, in Another, other parts yeah. of the world. Just another great asset for Johnson City. So tell right. me, you, you you slipped in there. You got married. Who's your husband? Tell him. I'm sure he's a 
he probably wants a little shout out. <laughs> well, my husband's Michael Ray. We have different last names. Um, and we retired. Uh, he was with Texas Instruments, actually. Um, uh, it's my second husband, and I met him uh, when I went to work for Texas Instruments. They oh, yeah. hired, they hired yeah. me right out of ETSU to come and start their, uh, their wellness program, you know, throughout the company. And uh, I mean, like within three months, I was living in Dallas, Texas <laughs> with, oh, a 10 wow. year old, with a 10-year-old daughter. Oh, and yeah. uh, just really changed my life a lot. Yeah. Uh, but it, it was an amazing experience. And um, truly that example of home is where the heart, heart is. Mm. And um, my daughter mm. and I just made a great life there. I met Michael and we married. And then um, another company hired me away from TI, a company, Nortel Networks, did kind of the same thing with them in mm-hmm. wellness, but picked up a whole bunch of other stuff in my portfolio of environment, health, safety and security. In Southeast Asia. Oh, wow. So we moved over there, lived in Singapore, and my, my job was to hire local people to fill those uh, those roles. Uh, we were working in 15 different legal jurisdictions there to, you know, ensure that we were meeting all environmental requirements, of which there wasn't a whole lot at that time. <laughs> uh, and, uh, you know, making sure that statutorily we were doing okay in all these different countries. So amazing, fantastic experience. And, uh, you know, on my 46th birthday, I was standing on the, the Great Wall of China by myself. I'd, I'd gone to Beijing for a business trip, and I, I decided on that Sunday I was going to go out to the Great Wall, and I was just standing there going like, how did the little girl from East Tennessee get here, <laughs> you know? Okay. I, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about people, and uh, yeah, you know, there's some smart people all over the world. There really are some good people. I'm, I'm glad the Lord made them to make up for the difference in me. Um, <laughs> That's so, a good way to put it, Colin. <laughs> so uh, you're in Singapore on your 46th yep. birthday. Yep. How do you get back to the beautiful land of East Tennessee? Well, we returned. We were on a two-year assignment with my company, and Michael was with Texas Instruments, and they were thrilled that he could go over kind of as a as, as a local and work there. Um and um, so in 96, we returned to Dallas. That's That was our base at that particular time and worked another four years. We, we were both in kind of the tech and that was when the tech bu- bubble, you know, began mm-hmm. to crash. We we're both in human resources. We saw what was happening mm-hmm. and there were some great opportunities and we were in a position that we could. And so we decided to go ahead and take uh, early retirement. Um, the first time I brought Michael to Johnson City actually to meet my family, we were driving back to Dallas and um, he looked over at me and he said, um, uh, we weren't even married yet. We were planning on getting married. And he looked over at me and he said, when we retire, I'd like to move to Johnson City. And I'll go like, okay, this is good. This is good. I didn't even have to ask or beg. That's cool. Yeah. So we, in the meantime, we had kind of been buying some property up here, some rental property and, you know, kind of making our investments up in this direction. And the opportunity presented itself and we took it. Uh, Our daughter was here. Our grandchildren were starting to be born. Mm -hmm. And man, it was just the best decision we ever made. So we we moved here in 2001. So for me, returning home for Michael, it was a new new adventure. And by the way... (laughs) He grew up in the Pacific Northwest and just some of the most beautiful in, in uh, Northwest Washington, oh, that, yeah. you know, with like the, Bellingham area, uh, Port Angeles, which okay. is right on the Straits of Juan de Fuca, yeah. uh, you know, looming 
the Olympia forest, rainforest was mm. even back over behind him. It's just gorgeous. I love going up there. So I said, are you sure it's so pretty there? But um, he said, no, there's something special about East Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I said, I think I had him sold. We went to see The Last of the Mohegans, if you remember the movie. Oh, yeah. and the, op- the opening scene, I'm s- sitting there in the theater. And I look at the opening scene and, and um, Michael and I had been uh, biking on the Blue Ridge Parkway uh-huh. and, and, and camping. And we both looked at each other and said, we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, you know, it was the the view from Chimney Rock out over uh, these beautiful mountains up here. And I think that's finally what, what got him. So. What sold him. Oh, yeah. It was a combination yeah. of things. And I'm right. sure you had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Well, it, it was nice. So uh, that was 20. We'll be celebrating our 27th uh, wedding anniversary. Um, ooh. Next week. Well, <laughs> I just remembered. You still got time to plan something, Jenny. We, we always forget it. <laughs> That's funny. That's awesome. Congratulations. Carly and Thank I just you. had 15 years, so we're excited. We're excited. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. So you come here and you're retiring, supposedly, and then mm-hmm. something happened in your heart. Uh, um, and you said, I, I feel like I need to serve this great community as a commissioner, I'm assuming. Or what happened? Yeah. How did you get going? Well, interesting enough, when I came back in the early 2000s, and you can kind of remember um, back at that time, there was a very um, interesting commission that provided a lot of entertainment for the community. <laughs> and uh, so I, I started watching the commission meetings and, uh, you know, knowing Johnson City the way I used to know it, I just was shaking my head. I said, no, this isn't right. This isn't right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go find out for myself. And so I, I took um, the Johnson City 101 course, which is mm-hmm. great. I, I really highly recommend that for everybody. And as I looked at each department of the city, I'm going like, you know what? We have some flagship programs here. We have, you know, 1985, we had the first curbside recycling program in the whole state. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, there's just a disconnect between the selected leadership and what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. And so um, I just kind of got to the point to say, you know, I have a lot of experiences, both in the in the public and teaching. And I taught about 15 years and, and then went out in the, in the private sector and the corporate world. And so blending all that together gave me, I think, a good perspective. And so um, I decided I would uh, I did two things. One, I went away to golf school and got my teaching credentials. Nice. And, and, that, and that was fun. So you had know, like a 50 year old something woman, um, you know, in with these 21 uh, year old guys, you know, um, learning how to teach golf. But I had a teaching background. So, you know, they would come to me and say, can you give me some pointers on how to teach a sand shot? So, <laughs> so we well, have to find something that relates to this person who doesn't know anything about golf. So. Um, so that was fun. And so I started teaching some private golf lessons. But at, at the same time, I decided, um, you know, put your money where your mouth is. I think I had a lot to offer, particularly on the education side. I had, you know, new grandchildren coming along who would be in the school system. So I ran for the school board in, um, I think, 2006. That was my first kind of campaign. And I won, won uh, my first election. And I served six and a half years on the school board. And of course, really working on the relationships between the school board and the city commission, which had been kind of adversarial, at, you know, at that time, 
there was always the you know fuss about money. And um, I realized is that the major is there is that the major rub or is there? Like it used to be no. It, it used to, it used to be because um, education, I think, was viewed as an expense as opposed to an investment. Mm. And I thought, you know, maybe I can take to the city commission the value of education. It is the biggest economic driver in our community. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you yeah. look at it in its totality. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't we invest in it and right. and have the best school system in the in the state? It's a long play um, for sure. It, it it is. It is the long play. And um, the right one. So at the time I ran, um, pre the t- two years before that, Ralph Van Brocklin, who was also on the school board, had mm-hmm. run and was on the nice commission. Yeah. Oh, I do too. Every day. Such a nice um, guy. <laughs> yeah, I wish he was here now to you know. It's, it's been just, such a challenging yeah, yeah, year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I always want to go, you know, pick up the phone and call him. Yeah. Um, but um, so with Ralph and I both on the commission uh, being, uh, you know, with the education uh, experience and background, we were able to kind of uh, temper things a bit and put it in perspective to uh, that, it's, that it, you know, it really kind of moved away from that. All, all they want, they just come over here and ask for money all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it, you know, the realization that uh, education has no way to raise money, <laughs> you know, they just don't. Right. Uh, on, the, on the city side, we can raise taxes if we mm-hmm. want and raise more money, but but they don't because they're having taxing authority or anything like that. Like some states, they do. Texas, where I lived for 15 years, you know, every year you got your, your school tax assessment. Oh, wow. And it went up every year. And everybody just got, okay, here's my oh, school well. thing. To, yeah. yeah. So it was just a natural, it was just a natural thing. And it usually kind of followed the CPI and, you know, uh, inflation and all those kind of factors into it. So, but anyway, we have a great relationship now. There's, they have a wonderful school board and we really try to focus on uh, um, you know, the role of the city versus the role of the board of education. And uh, we stay in great communication with each other and really understand what's going on. And I, I think it's greatly improved. Great. Okay. So you ran for school board. You're on there for six years. Mm-hmm. Six and a half. 2012, yeah. if I right? 2013, somewhere. 2013 is when I ran, so you ran commission. for commission. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. you said, okay, I'm going to get on the commission. And, and mm-hmm. so you ran in 13 and you were elected. I was. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> so Interesting. Interesting campaign. Yeah. Yeah. I have been uh, like into my eighth year now, but, uh, and I have two more. Two more years. And then, so ten year, that's it. Ten year deal. Or did you get reelected? Well, we have a, a public, I guess, about yeah. how the commission works. And I mean, even for me, I'm, I'm interested in. Right. We run for four year terms. It's okay. a, it's nonpartisan, nonpolitical. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, in 2014, I believe the commission at that time, I've served with five different groups of commissioners now. And let me say five different groups of guys, because I've been the only woman (laughs) on the commission since 2013. Um, But uh, we, we decided, you know, we held the city election and in April and the numbers voting in that city election in April just continued to decline. I mean, literally less than, 10,000, 11,000 people would vote in the city election. Um, so I made the comment one night at, at, a, at, at one of our meetings. I said, you know, it's really sad. And 
there was some that, you know, each person was getting like less than 4,000 votes. Yeah. I said, it's really sad when there's more people at the turkey trot than we're getting for votes. (laughs) We should put polls out there. (laughs) Yeah. So we kind of did an assessment. We decided we were going to move the city election. Plus, it costs us close to $100,000 to have the city election. Um, And we decided to move it with one of the other elections. So we moved it to November and that extended the um, the the terms of all those who were on the commission at that time to which gave us uh, an extra, I want to say, 15 months or something. So that's that's why you've got these extra long time. But um, so I have two two more years left on the second term. I reran. And um, but that's going to be it. And we'll hang the shingle up after these two years. Well, I'm sure it's well deserved to hang up time. Um, so you're a commissioner. Tell me about the process of becoming mayor. Is that you have to? Well, our, that our voted form on of, inside the commissioner. It is our okay. form of government. Our city charter uh, designates how we how we operate. And so we're a body of five. And within mm-hmm. those five, then every two years, we reorganize and we appoint one internally to be mayor and one to be vice mayor. Generally speaking, the vice mayor will move up, you know, after uh, the next two years. So um, I guess you could just say it was my turn you know, <laughs> to, to step into the role. Um uh, it, the, the two years that I got, though, probably have been some of the most challenging that you could possibly ever have. Mm. The first year was great, mm-hmm. 2019, because we were celebrating our sesquicentennial celebration, right. our birthday, 150 years old. And uh, it was an amazing year. Um, we learned so much about ourselves, um, and we decided we were going to leave a legacy to the future. And so when you go down to King Commons, you will see the place where we have the history circle. If you haven't been yet, it's all fully open. Okay. And there are 22 markers that really identify key things that happened in Johnson City oh, that, cool. that helped us become who we are today. And then uh, we also left the Children's Natural Playground, which is also open. And it's just the coolest place. I mean, it's like one of a kind. Um so we wanted the future to know that uh, we we were um, very protective and keepers of our heritage. Mm-hmm. And so we left our history there and we left space in there that future generations can add to it. Mm. And that we were a city all about our children and our future. And so that's also where we buried the time capsule um, in, in 2019 when we went to find the time capsule that was buried in 1969, which was just two years after I graduated from Science Hill. Mm-hmm. Um, we knew it was buried on the campus of Science Hill, somewhere close to John Exum Parkway. <laughs> and so uh, Public Works went up there with big prods and they, you know, they, 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 uh, they didn't dig at the time. They were just kind of testing to see if they were going to hit anything. And, and time and time, they just came up with nothing. And, and finally, somebody remembered um, uh, a, a guy who worked in public works at that time and he was still living and uh, they got in touch with him and he said, Oh yeah, I know exactly where it is. And, and uh, his family took him up there and he pointed to it and they dug down and there it was. Oh, wow. So the 1969 ta- ta- time capsule technology was a little different then. <laughs> Typewriter um, in there. Well, <laughs> 
<laughs> that would have been nice. They didn't put one Telegraph. in. Telegraph. They put a lot of paper, and then they put three items that were disastrous. They put three liquid items, and they buried all this in a in a burial vault. Oh wow! And um, there was a can of water because we didn't have that much plastic then that back in that time. Mm. Thank goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we could have stayed away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a slits beer. <laughs> slits and then there was a coca-cola wow and so after 50 years of freezing and heat and freezing and heat they had burst Mm -hmm. and so the other 99.9 percent of everything that was in there (laughs) just a pile of mess which was paper you know um got uh contaminated so we had to open it in a warehouse and lay everything out to it was, it, and the people who did had put hazmat suits on because mildew was so bad. So we decided we wouldn't do that. Um, yep, and, let's stick and with we, dry and, products. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a letter in there to the mayor of, of uh, 2019, which was me at the time. And that's mm. the only thing we we waited and opened in the public. So thank goodness we opened the time capsule so we can deal with it. Mm-hmm. That wasn't in a public format. It would everybody would have fled the room you know, mm-hmm. if we'd done that. Mm-hmm. But I opened the letter and it was from um, uh, Mayor Seal Gordon. And um, as uh, 150 people in the room, and I uncurled the letter and it was all yellowed and everything. And uh, I started laughing right away. And everyone's going, "What's she laughing about?" <laughs> because it said, "Dear sir." <laughs> <laughs> so we got a big kick out of it. That's now, funny. I think probably one of the things that um, really is so fulfilling for me and does my heart, <laughs> it just kind of swells when I think about it. I got to write the letter to the mayor of 2069. Mm. And um, I just simply addressed it to the mayor of 2069. <laughs> you know? um, but I asked my grandchildren if they would be there to, when it's opened up. But we have it. There's, oh, a, there's a marker over the top of it right there by the history circle. And okay. it says the time capsule on there. Tell and it's in it. Specifically and, how to get there, Jenny. And, well, you know, we're. Um, uh, 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 Main Street <laughs> Market. You know where Go Burrito is on Commerce? Yes, I definitely. Okay. Right across yeah. the street, under right the big there. Johnson City sign. Right. Now, it's just over in the corner where the okay. where the Passion Flowers are. King gotcha. Commons is the park. Yep. There's the Passion Flowers in a circle, and it's just it's around the Passion Flowers. Okay, and then perfect. the Children's Playground is just right across, right down from the library there. So it's a beautiful area. We're going to start it having really more is. You guys concerts over job. there, mm-hmm. more concerts. The amphitheater and, uh, and right. Yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be a real, it's a real special place. You go down there right now um, on the weekends and the kids park is just ablaze with kids. (laughs) They just love it. It's a very different kind of playground. Well, it's interesting to see it all come together and just the foresight of you guys and the, you know, the public works guys and um, dealing with, you know, it all started with rainwater detention, right? I mean, it was a flood flood mitigation project and it turned into a beautiful Founders Park is fantastic. I see people over there all the time walking. It's now one of the things I see on TV when people are shooting Johnson City, you know. Always. And, the landmarks. And then you go on there. down, you know, through the city and it takes you right through the city and you go right over to the King's Common area and it's beautiful as well. Anything else on the book? Yeah. You know, it was kind of interesting, Colin, when all that, when I got on the commission, uh, they had just torn down the old warehouse there at Founders Park. So it was mm-hmm. rebuilding Founders Park. 
With the wrong people on the commission, that could have been just a hole in the ground with a fence around it, you know, as a detention pond. And um, Phil Penzola came to the commission and said, for just a little bit more, (laughs) Mm -hmm. a little bit more in city terms, it's like a million, two million. A million here, a million there. But, you know, we realized the potential in it. And when the views of what Founders Park was going to be became public, Mm. the development started. It was the catalyst for everything. And then we did King Commons. And unbeknownst to us, at that time, we created an entertainment corridor. Mm-hmm. And so now that we can get back out maybe in the late summer, fall, um, we'll see more activity in those areas. People just love to come down there. And um, we w- really want to be known as a city that's family-friendly, uh, child-friendly. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we're getting some of those quality of place things mm-hmm. in that give people that feel that, you know, um, this this is a good place to bring my my kids and family and, and raise them. Well, and our How new slogans go all out, right? Where that go from? all out, absolutely. We we use that. I mean, we we let's see, year before last, and the turkey trot, it was trot all out, and then we <laughs> <laughs> uh, for the farmers market, it's grow all out. And, oh, I love it. Uh, mask all out, you know. Yeah. So so it's a good logo to to use. It is a great slogan, and I think it's a good life slogan. I mean, just if you're going, it to is. Go for it, right? Um, absolutely. Don't so do it halfway. Yeah. What's something that? Um, so I do a little fired up Friday thing on Fridays, but what's something that fires you up, Jenny Brock? Like where you want to go all out? Like what you fire, <laughs> What gets you? I mean, besides golf, I mean, because we know that yeah. gets you decided. But. Yeah, yeah. You know, I just love the outdoors around here. Mm. Um, the views, the vistas that we talked about earlier. Um, those vantage points or viewing points are from so many different places. Mm-hmm. You know, we we have this amazing. Um, mountain bike park two blocks off the interstate Mm -hmm. the views from up there are just wonderful and you go up there at any time and you see license plates from out of state Mm -hmm. people come for those kind of things Um, so I I just really get fired up to see how from when I was a child growing up in Johnson City it was always kind of a cool place Mm -hmm. Um, but the kind of uh, young people we need to attract today Mm-hmm. Um, as the, the consultant we worked with that helped us come up with the go all out logo, he said, whatever you do, it has to be cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it has to be cool. And, <laughs> and even though you're my age, you can still be cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't um, even know if the word cool is cool anymore. You know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably so. <laughs> but the young people are different. And I think it's upon us as the current leaders uh, and we need new younger leaders coming in. That's why I'm going to step down in two years. It's time for somebody else to, to step in. Um, it's it's their future and to be able to have some influence on how this is developed that really um, it kind of turns me on to see projects get finished mm-hmm. and and then to hear the people I, I tell you one of the things that we, that in as difficult as things were this Christmas the Christmas trees in Founders Park yeah, created bravo. an amazing, amazing buzz around mm. this city, around this region, because people were mm-hmm. coming over from Bristol and Kingsport. My friends in leadership in Bristol are like, oh my gosh, that is the coolest thing. We came over there, you know. And then on Christmas Eve, when it snowed. Oh my gosh. And you started seeing the pictures from the Christmas trees. It was magical. 
And that kind of summed the whole thing up on mm-hmm. the, the way I feel about Johnson City is mm-hmm. that we can do something like that. And we did that. I mean, literally, we sat around a table because we were having to deliver the bad news to the Blue Plum Festival. They couldn't have the Christmas mm-hmm. parade because mm-hmm. you couldn't control the crowds on the side. Sure. And so uh, Phil Penzola, about three years ago, kind of said, well, why don't we put a Christmas tree trail around Johnson, uh, around downtown, maybe mm-hmm. a dozen trees. And so that came up and I s- said, you know, well, let's just do it in Founders Park and not a dozen trees, but five dozen trees. Right. You know? Yeah. And then we'll get the businesses to sponsor awesome. a tree mm-hmm. and decorate them. And then Bright mm-hmm. Ridge sponsored the lighting and man, and Less than four weeks, it all came together. And the only thing that stymied us from it being bigger is we couldn't find enough trees of that size. Oh, wow. So this year, we already have our order in, I think. Um, oh, cool. It's just one of those things we can't not do again. And uh, yeah. it'll probably expand now and go down to King Commons. And, um, you know, maybe yeah. in the King Commons area, a lot of the trees will be more children focused and decorative uh, in that light. But yeah. It really brought people together, and I guess it that, really that's did. The we big, went out a couple message. times, and it was just gorgeous. And you saw people walking around all night. And then yeah. we had an early dusting of snow. I think it was back in November, and I was like, "Okay, Lord, you could we could have a white Christmas. It could happen." You know, or, well, you, you did a good job. <laughs> he did a great job. I was like, "This is awesome." So, yeah, um, it yeah. was. It couldn't have been any any more Bravo picture perfect. The, yeah. yeah, and the tree. Idea. So put Carly and I down for a tree this year. We'll, we would love to. Do all right. All right. And, we got um, you. You'll have to get it in early. I tell you, because there's going to be a competition. Be a for them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the yeah. ideas on competition to decorate. It was fun. So yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. Okay. So tell, um, there are people all over the world moving to Johnson city. Mm-hmm. And so, um, tell them some of the wonderful things that they can be looking forward to, um, besides Christmas trees here and this sure. thing else. What, I mean, to me, it's the the people, right, that that make it up. People like you, people like the other commissioners, like just the regular um, citizens here just have a heart to love our area and love our um, our neighbors well. And so I think that, I mean, that's what I tell people, but I'd love to hear your perspective on why you'd move to Johnson City because we well, sell yeah, lots of houses and we, it, you know, I know, and the, oh my gosh, and the housing stock is, we don't, yeah, it's that's crazy. right. The housing stock is low for sure. Yeah, if you're so. thinking about selling your house, call me. <laughs> Uh, well, we would have no place to move. <laughs> that's that's right. Problem. That's right. Yeah. yeah. We, we could get maybe live in our camper. We might yeah. like hey, camp, camp a lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's several, there, there are a number of things that make uh, Johnson City, East Tennessee, uh, very, very attractive to mm-hmm. people. And we're seeing them right now. I mean, you're selling houses over the internet, sight unseen. Yes, ma'am. From people, people from Cali- video people and, from yes. California. Yeah. From yeah. New York to from Florida. Chicago, um, Illinois. My husband and I were, were hiking on top of Roan Mountain um, about several weeks ago. We we camp at Roan Mountain all the time, and we were way up on the top of the the Roan. And uh, this guy walks up, and we started talking to him. He was from Florida, mm-hmm. um, on the coast in Florida. And we said, "Well, what brings you to Roan Mountain?" He said, "Well, I'm looking for a place. I've got to move. I cannot. The storms, the the." cost the everything is just too much for me so i'm looking over here in western north carolina so i answered the question you're asking me uh to him 
And that afternoon, he was going to leave and come over to Johnson City and look, he wanted some land. So I said, well, go down to kind of west of Johnson City in the Sulphur Springs, Limestone area, and you're going to see some of the most beautiful views and, and land you can, you know, build a whatever you want to build on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so some of the things that are so attractive here are low taxes. We've worked very hard on the commission to keep our, of the three cities in, in um, uh, Upper East Tennessee, Johnson City has the lowest tax rate, property tax rate. Oh, then we have to pay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, that's but fantastic. What, but what we really try to do is to make smart investments that organically help grow the community so that, you know, economically we stay fairly robust. I think that's one of the things I'm really proud of, of the city, that we are just financially very in a strong position. Of course, we have debt. But you, but you do want to issue debt, like on schools and buildings that 50 years from now, they're still going to be using. So why does this generation want to have to pay for it all? So we right. kind of spread that out and 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 free up the, the the money we have right now to do smaller types, types of projects. Um, so very low taxes comparatively to uh, particularly from California, New York, Florida, where they're coming from, they just can't believe. And, you know, every one of them say, well, I'm getting a raise just coming up there because I'm mm-hmm. paying less taxes. Yeah, I had a guy save $20,000 just by moving here in taxes. Sure, sure. That's crazy. Yeah. And then the cost of housing is is so much less. So um, just the cost of living is, is very affordable here mm-hmm. in East Tennessee, but we have to work hard to keep it that way. Right mm-hmm. now, as you know, the housing market, we're starting to see prices spike because it's very competitive out there. It's extremely um, competitive. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just like to say too the quality of place, uh, the built environment. Um, mm-hmm. We're we're very careful. Curb appeal is very important to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes you don't like regulations, but sometimes just in order to, you know, you can drive through. I, I'll never forget driving through. Um, um, oh gosh, what was it Tupelo, Mississippi? I think or something, and, and just. The entrance, the gateway into that city, gosh, I'd never want to move here. I'm sorry about Tupelo. It may not be Tupelo, someplace else. <laughs> somewhere else. Uh, yeah, somewhere else. Um, and, and so we, we really work hard to mm. make sure that our development is in step with, you know, the overall mm-hmm. appearance that we want of our city. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I, and I think it, it, it you know, you know, some things are different, but um, that I would probably want to have changed. But just look at what we're doing over in the West Walnut Street corridor. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, my gosh. And you read in the paper just, you know, this four or five building purchase and what they're going to be doing there. And there's going to be a museum. And and uh, so if we do what we're supposed to as a government, and that's mm-hmm. infrastructure. Sure. And we get that in place in a way that is attractive to the private sector, mm-hmm. then the development occurs. And so it's and then we need, need to get out of the way, you know. Right. Um, and I think we've done a, a really, really good job of that. Um, so, yeah, uh, for people and, and then the schools, yeah. you know, we, we have excellent schools here. Can they be better? Of course, everything can I mean, they're going through. I just want to take my my hat off to all school teachers, all oh healthcare gosh. workers for the year that we've had. They've carried a a, a really incredible burden mm-hmm. uh, in this community. And sometimes uh, uh, the leadership or some in in the private 
sector has hasn't been helpful to that. So right, right. it's been a challenging year for me. It has been, and yes, um, I echo those thoughts towards all our teachers and healthcare workers. They they've worked their tails off for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, what's coming up on the plate for Johnson City? What is a, another big project you guys are looking at um, that's going to be another something you'd be excited about? Well, there's several things. Of course, the I think the big game changer is the West Walnut Street corridor because we're yep. going to see lots and lots of development. I think we will see that becoming a corridor too for um, entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. for small business startups. Mm-hmm. We're going to try to uh, maybe the the east end of that where the old courthouse is. We're still looking for money to redo that mm-hmm. and to have an entrepreneur ecosystem in cool. the, in that area to help grow and start new businesses. Yeah, I like that. Um, we're really going after remote workers. This is a, a cool place to come. Mm-hmm. And if you can work from any place, you might as well work here because all those things about being a, um, a low cost and, mm-hmm. and, and now we have the broadband, the, right. the, yeah. the broadband through Bright Ridge, which is just lightning fast, it is you awesome. know, and we just have to get it, you know, all of our implementation mm-hmm. out there. Um, we have another 30 acres that is over by the hospital uh, mm-hmm. and ETSU, kind of over by Chick-fil-A. Mm-hmm. Uh, we redid that road going Lark Street up where the old animal shelter used to be. Used to be and the old was, National Guard Armory, right? It mm-hmm. did. And so yeah. that is, um, you know, we're doing some some um, uh, planning uh, to be compatible with a project that ETSU is going to be doing over there on another 30 acres. So that can be a really uh, another great economic development zones. You know, we've spent a lot in downtown, but we have other economic development zones all over town. So that kind of gets out to the West. We see new development on the South side of town with a a private investment from Ingalls. And we're so excited about that. Um, the projects, the opportunity zone, tourist zone out at exit 17 in Boone's Creek. Uh, who, who knows what is going to um, what that's going to mean. But for people on the north side of town, there's going to be certainly more shopping and just um, shopping and entertainment. I think we'll find some some legs out there. Uh, so from a development standpoint, I think we we have a lot of the pieces in place to attract developers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, you know, once things begin to open back up, I mean, we're already seeing it, um, that it's, sometimes I don't even know about things that I'm going like, my gosh, what's getting ready to go going over there. So I think there's a lot of trust and faith in Johnson city that it's a good mm-hmm. place to invest your money. And so we can't be thankful enough for those businesses, existing businesses who, mm-hmm. who continue to grow and continue to invest in our community and then just the new ones who want to be here. So, um, sure. yeah, um, then uh, the final thing I'll say, you know, we bought last uh, two years ago, I think it was um, the adjacent property to Wing Deer Park. It's mm-hmm. about 30, 37 acres. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we really wanted to um, look at a sports complex, you know, more comprehensive sports complex. And it would just be an add on to Wing Deer Park. We wouldn't be starting from scratch. Right. So uh, once all the leagues and things like that get cranked back up again, we never have enough fields, uh, no. you know, for everything going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, the development of additional soccer fields and softball fields out on that new property would just be awesome. And um, you can't beat the views, <laughs> you mm-hmm. know, just can't beat the views. Yeah. And then you got the lake coming back this year, right? Got there. the lake coming up. So it's, so it's almost seems like, you know, everything's coming together to make it happen. But so those are a few things. Yeah. Cool. One one more question on um, 
I guess the future of it. So we have a ton of people moving from here, right? Or moving to here. Moving to here. And moving here. And they're all from different areas and they want to leave where they're going and they want to come here because it's so great. How do we encourage keeping the culture and keeping this, the spirit of Johnson City the same while, you know, also introducing new ideas and new things? But I don't, you know, I think the culture to me is really important. And, um, in, in the history. And I love that you came back to that a little bit as well, but how do we, right. what are your thoughts there? Well, I, I, I think there is shared responsibility between uh, your leaders and your people mm-hmm. that um, we, we are the keepers of that. Mm-hmm. And so we know there's going to be change. Certainly mm-hmm. there's going to be change. We know there's going to be enrichment brought in by other people who see Mm -hmm. things differently. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, when I first set foot in, in Singapore in Southeast Asia, and I traveled every country over there. um, And I realized as a woman in an Asian culture, I may not even be accepted. Um, So I had to figure out what it took, how they would, would even listen to mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, and I will share this. I, I mean, I discovered that a man had about 15 seconds to establish himself on whether they were ever going to do business with him or not. <laughs> For oh, a wow. woman, it was about, it was about five seconds. Oh, wow. So the, so the first things that come out of your mouth are really, really mm-hmm. important. Mm-hmm. But I think collectively we, we have to, you know, we, we can't be resistant to change to say, mm-hmm. this is who we are and we're never going to, change from this we dig in because then you're going to have people say well i don't move there they're so rigid or there's you know they're too conservative or they're too liberal or whatever mm-hmm. um we we are the we are the best example of our collective selves mm. and i think the big thing is that we listen to each other uh we we know there are different experiences uh, i think the better question is this if our children leave and go somewhere else why would they not come back? Mm. So we have to be adaptable, mm-hmm. but I think we have to make sure that we we communicate the values of this community through mm-hmm. through our words and our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and at the end of the day, uh, I used to work for J.C. Penney's, and and Mr. Penny had this great saying: "Is the mm-hmm. customer is always right because they get the last decision." Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, w- what do we have to become that maintains this rich culture that we have that maintains the heritage mm-hmm. the history of this area is amazing and we have not mm-hmm. communicated it enough to really appreciate that mm-hmm. uh, but we also have to be adaptable and and then come up with a, a renewal of us with this core set of values mm-hmm. it's like the first t we we teach nine core values mm-hmm. What are our core values here in East Tennessee? And then we have to live them. Mm-hmm. You know, we That's just have to live part, them. Right? Yeah. Yep. Putting, putting our money where our mouth is. Really working hard at it every day to, to live up to All those right. values. Okay. One silly question. What is your favorite donut in town? We're doing a <laughs> donut challenge. And so uh, well, we had a lot of people t- text in and tell us what they like. But what is... Are you asking me where or what? Where, what, if you chose, you got one donut to go get. Oh gosh. You know, I don't like standing in line, but I guess it would have to be 
Is it called Auntie Ruth's? It is Auntie Ruth's. Yes, Annie we've had a couple Ruth's. of those. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So that one is just, uh, you so know, good. they are really good. Uh, so but, good. you know, I just like a glazed donut. I'm not mm. one to have all these toppings and fillings and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. So daylight donuts probably over uh, uh, by Earth Fair. Have you had a Peggy Ann's just plain glazed I have. I forgot that. Yes. That yeah, so. you can't go. Yeah, so we there's have some, some stiff competition. So we're uh, it's tough, but somebody's going to have to decide. Now, and now we're going to have donuts. a new, ba- new bakery oh, yeah. here uh, by the mills. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, that's and, and that that's just every time I drive by it, I, I can't wait. It looks like it's going to be a cool place. Yeah. It is going to be a cool place. And we'll you just think about that investment there of the mill. Oh man, it's just yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. It's a game changer. It it really they took uh, an eyesore and, and made it into something beautiful, and so yeah, yeah. it was beyond an eyesore. I think. <laughs> Somebody might call it a death trap, but um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, but can, yeah, the Summers did a great job with it, and Tommy Burleson, his crew, did a great job. Absolutely, so, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. It was a yeah, project for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I just want to say thank you so much for spending your morning with me and and allowing the the greater world now to hear um, some things from former Mayor Jenny Brock. And um, yeah, we just thank you for serving. Thank you for. Um, really just truly giving your life away to our city. And I wish you the best at the first tee and the next two years on the commission and let, let me and Carly know if we can do anything to help support you. We're, we are big, big, big Johnson city fans and love it here. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, well, th- thanks, uh, Colin. Thanks so much. You know, um, serving as mayor was just, uh, as I tell people, it's not a privileged position, but it's a privilege to serve in it. Mm. And as a, as a elementary school uh, student at Fairmont in the 1960s, in a million years, I would never thought, oh, one day you're going to be mayor of Johnson City. Mm. It just wasn't so. But I want my granddaughters to know they can be. Sure, and so yeah. it's important to have role models out there that, uh, you know, people can see that it can be done. It just takes yeah. a lot of uh, preparation, perseverance, tenacity, and just, um, you know, don't give up. So, That's right. But thank you. That's right. It's yes, been fun. Ma'am. Thank you so much. And I uh, hope you have a great day. Thanks, and let's Jenny. play golf one day. Yeah. I would love that. Yeah. I got I your number. What, I'll call you. We can, we can do good in tournaments because I get to tee off from the forward tees. So. And you can probably slug it if I had to guess. You can still hit about a 230-yard drive yeah. in the awesome. fairway. In the okay. fairway nowadays because I've slowed down so, so much that, uh, you know, it's now, are you where working, I wanted to go. Is, are you open on Mondays? That's when they are a lot. Mm. <laughs> I can make it work. Yeah. All right. Yes. 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 You I'm let me excited. know. Oh, you got okay. me fired up. That fires me up. Thank you. Let's Jenny. do it. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Thanks. Thanks. Bye.